Welcome to Layer 8 Podcast, hosted by Greg Sasso and Victor Coronazario, where technology and business strategies converge to support the most important layer, the IT users. Welcome to Layer 8, everybody. Today's episode is... I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> Broke back contract. <laughs> So why don't we talk about this episode today, Greg? What are we talking about? <laughs> oh my God. Um, in this episode, we're talking about having caution when signing contracts, specifically when it comes to telecom companies. Oh man, and we have a few experience with, experiences with that. But before we start talking about that, uh, we want to tell you a little bit about why we wanted to make this show. So go ahead, Greg. Uh, well, I think it starts from, you know, the people we're talking to right now are the, the technicians that have moved up into a management level position. And, you know, when you're a technician, you're just dealing with hardware, software, fixing problems and everything. Right. And also, you know, in that world, it's a little more black and white, right? Um, I, I, I want to talk, at least from my experience, a guy like me, you know, I was accustomed to shaking your hand and taking your word for it. Yeah. I mean, that's my normal way of thinking. And when you get into this world, it's something completely different, right? When you have a contract that the service order is one page and the terms is 50 pages. Yeah, you, you start to get, you know, almost even overwhelming of, you know, I went again from having to fix an exchange server to now I got to sign a contract worth maybe, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, or maybe even millions of dollars for that I'm now years. responsible for. Yes, for multiple years. Right. And it, it can be a little overwhelming to someone that's not used to or doesn't have that skill set. And what is it? Uh... The lion and the Wizard of Oz, be afraid, be very afraid. <laughs> you should be. I mean, really, you, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And, and when you get into these things, for the most part, you know, I would say, and I, I'm an optimist, I would say that 80% of the companies out there, you know, they're square dealing. They're trying to do the right thing. Maybe Greg and, would say it's and, and I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'm more of a pessimist. I, but this is just, I don't know, my upbringing or whatever, but I'm always a little distrusting of people. Yeah, no, but, that 20% can really mess you up. Oh, my God, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and like I said, it's, it's, you just need to learn that, you know, when you're looking at a contract, if you don't understand it, it's having even the ability to talk to the CEO or whoever's your legal counsel. If you don't know, then ask the CEO or your boss and work it up the chain saying, I'm not comfortable signing a contract. I've never looked at it. I need help. It is, you know, then when you get to legalese, that's just a whole other beast in and of itself. Right. But it's at least looking at the base terms to say, this is not what I want. Just because the, the, the vendor says you need to sign a 10-year contract, you really don't. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to. And you get into other things about negotiation and all that. And maybe we'll talk about it a little bit here. But we think the most important, is, the more important things are dealing with the contract itself for those techs out there. And really also for upper management, because you might have, if you're a 30-person company, you might have a tech that was a system administrator last year, and now he's a manager, but he needs help or she needs help. And, and, and the executives also don't know telecom unless they're in telecom. And it should be a, a working as a team, again, that you bring to the table of what do you guys need to run the technology piece. But then from the other side, you have a little bit of you, but really the management telling you, you know, no, this is not a good contract and getting you the tools to actually make that determination. Right. Especially on these multi-year ones, because you get it's not like it's you're buying a computer and you're dealing with a warranty on one computer. Big deal. That's nothing. Right. Well, and also in saying that, another thing is that the human behavior part of it, the, you guys know you can mark up contracts if you want to. Now, the other company doesn't have to accept it, but if you don't like the contract the way it is, you can mark it up and say, I will sign this version of the contract. Uh, and the stories that we're going to talk about get in, a little bit into that. And again, the contract was written by the vendor to protect the vendor. They always put a little verbiage in there that looks like it's protecting you. 
but I mean, for the most part, it's really protecting them. They want to make sure that they're going to get their money due. Um, because one thing in their most contracts, although we, I have seen a few, most contracts don't really have an out clause. You know, it doesn't matter how bad they screw up, you're stuck with that contract. Whereas some vendors will allow an out clause. And in addition to that, Victor and I, at a previous job, we rerun the IT consulting practice and we allow people out at any point in time. As right. long as they paid us what, they, what we were due at that point, even if it was a, a year contract, if they said they weren't happy with us, we'd obviously try to fix it. But if right. we couldn't, you know what? We want you to be happy. Go ahead. We're going to let you out, you know, whatever, end of this month. We asked for the chance to fix it. It was all about relationships. And, and what that brought forward was things like, I remember we had a customer, a client. Uh, we had a client that uh, changed to Max. We didn't support Max. I asked her for a couple of weeks you know, just talk it over to Greg, see what we could do. And if we could do it to give us like a month or two to ramp up, she actually gave me that chance. And then in the end, I told her, you know what? I, we can't do it. We, we looked at it in terms of our model and the money that we can make at this. And it's probably not worth the investment at this point. But please keep us in mind for later. This was like eight years ago. I still talk to her. She still try to t tries to send business my way, even though I'm not doing this anymore. I kept that relationship. Uh, so it's very, to me, when you deal like that with your clients, and this is what happened with the telecom companies, they didn't deal with us like that. Uh, when you deal like that with your clients, even if you can't serve them now, that's, that, I see that as money for later. I, I see that as yes. that relationship as putting money in the bank. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know? and, and it's just vital to be open in your dealings with them. And you want to build, I mean, they, they, they said in the past, and I always kind of laugh, but it is really a teaming opportunity. You know, you, get, you want to get a good vendor on board to help you. And again, as you grow, they're going to make more money, so they're going to grow. And that should be the mentality of both companies. Right. It's not that, hey, I want to make a deal and then just move on. It's I want to make a deal and, and stick with you guys because it's hard to switch companies and vendors, in particularly, you know, telecom and ISPs. Right. So if they're a good vendor and they give you good pricing, stay with them. Right. But let's get into, into some of these stories that, you know, you basically have to laugh because they're so sad and, and so negative. But and, and it's almost, if you won't believe us, but it's, we're even surprised being in the middle of stuff that's happened to us that we're like, is this really happening? It's almost like a dream or something. Right, right. Well, I a bad talk, dream. I want to talk about the first one that's uh, a little less about the, the, the telecom vendor, but, but it is in a way. It's about dealing with the contracts that Greg has some experiences in one of the companies that, that he, he worked for. And uh, he, he was talking about uh, marking up contracts and getting some help. So can you talk about that a little bit, Greg? Um, which contract are we talking about here? Uh, just a telecom contract at uh, one of the firms that you worked at. And you were trying to tell your boss to, that you maybe needed a lawyer to talk to us about it. Oh, is it, it the multi-year one? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they kept coming back to me, wanting me to sign a multi-year contract. I think it was three to five years. Yes. And I was just like, you know, this is just not going to happen. I was like, I'm not going to sign one. And they're like, well, we get a cheaper price. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I, I said at most I'll sign two years. But even then, I didn't want to sign a two-year contract. And then this particular vendor, you know, I kept pushing back. They decided to show up to my office unannounced. And, you know, I couldn't take the meeting. I was in another meeting. I couldn't take it. Well, they went back to their office. The flip side of this is that my, my, the company I was at was actually trying to do business with them on a different venture. Like we were a CPA firm mm -hmm. trying to, you know, do their books for them. So when the sales rep from that other company comes back to his office, he told the president that I just blew off a meeting. Oh, come on, man. But he brought donuts. Well, he, he did bring donuts, <laughs> but he said I blew off a meeting. Well, at that time, I didn't know this. Then I get a call from the CEO of my company 
saying, you know, I need to come into his office. And he's like, you know, what are you blowing off meetings? We're trying to get this business. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I didn't blow off any meeting with anyone. And he told me, I was like, listen, the guy just showed up. I was in another meeting that I already scheduled. I didn't know he was going to show up. Well, he then grabs the phone and calls the president of the other company. And the guy saying, well, my guy said, I'm like, and I'm standing, I'm like, listen, that didn't happen. He showed up unannounced. I had another meeting. I can't jump out of that meeting to talk to this guy that was unannounced. And, you know, okay, then the conversation ended to my, and I told the CEO of my company, listen, I didn't blow anything off. He's like, don't worry about it. That's fine. And we moved on from there. That instantly, this guy did not get my business after that. Not that I was even going to in the beginning, but I was just so turned off by this. It was high pressure sales. And I'm like, that was just weird. Well, and at that point, you don't trust him. He, he could be trying to sell it to you for free. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You and, know? and when he called in the future, I was just like, you know what? I've made my decision going with the, the other provider. And I told the CEO of my company the reasons behind it. And I was like, the other company actually did have better pricing at the time. And I trusted them, honestly. And I didn't want to deal with this guy. This was ridiculous. This was a salesperson that was supposed to be the best experience of a oh, new the relationship. Whole thing. Right. Versus he's going to throw me under the bus when I didn't even do anything wrong and well, lie. Well, that's the, that's the romance piece, right? Yeah. That's Why like me? A, dine me. I mean, come on yeah, now. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're dating a guy and, and uh, you know, everything's cool or whatever, and all of a sudden he, I don't know, the waiter spills some water, he explodes and slaps him around. Run. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Guess <crazy>. what? <laughs> he's going to say he's sorry for the bad, bad experience that night or whatever. That probably means that he's going to slap you around later, too. <laughs> so run. Was it the same thing was with this guy, right? Like, oh, it was you're just... doing that now? You're trying to go around me? I'm the IT manager, the IT director. I'm telling you what's going on. What do you think you're going to talk to the CEO about? Yeah. Well, yeah. it wasn't even that he tried to call. He just lied to his boss. And I guess he had sales quotas, and he was saying that I was the one that was you know, stopping him from selling. But you know, first of all, I'm the client. So if I didn't want to take the meeting, that's fine. They were literally a stone store from my office. So it's not like he drove an hour to get there. But the biggest thing was, is I didn't have a meeting with him and he lied about it. Right. So yeah, that was ridiculous. But, and the point on that one is too, that also you were trying to, you wanted to mark up the contract as well, but I know you did this before. And what I wanted to mention to the audience here is that at that point, at least you didn't have access to console as far as I remember. Correct. And you were nervous about it because there's just so much we know. We read it in English. Lawyers have their own little weird language with, you know, double negatives and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, running in circles around in a whole paragraph that seems like one sentence. And we need that access to console to make sure that the contract is legit. Now, if you could get efficient and get it to a point where all your contract legalese looks the same and you tell the telecom company, I want it to look like this, great. But we didn't have that. Well, even then, I don't think that's going to be a realistic version because most companies do want their own, which is fine. But when I asked, again, the CEO of my company, he's like, well, I'll just look at it. And I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to bother you, but also you're not an attorney. I'd like someone to mark. And he's like, no, I'm going to do it. So I sent an email just because I, I mean, I hate to use that term, but I covered my own ass. I want to make sure that he said it was okay. So if something happened in the future, it was least, I'd still be held responsible for it. But at least I could say, I asked you to get the counsel and you didn't want me to. Well, and uh, we, we, we'll have another episode about security and all that. And no matter how you warn them, we still are the ones that get fired. But at least, you know, even if you get fired, you, you leave knowing, hey, I did everything well, I could do. You said security or responsibility? Well, security on, the, on another one. Well, oh, the responsibility okay. is ours. We yeah. have another episode after this one. And, but in the end, you do work with other people and a team or whatever, and they know what you did. And you'll see them again. And they'll yeah. know that you were good. 
So I wouldn't worry about, I would worry in these instances about being right. Uh, you know, and, and doing your due diligence and making sure that you do whatever you can until you can't. Sometimes the CEO has to be involved, even if it's something simple like this, because if you're dealing with a company that's, that's difficult, then at a certain point, it becomes a legal issue. Yeah. And also just a quick aside from that, too, is that getting into policy of, you know, talking to your CEO or your upper management of how do you want me to deal with contracts? Again, IT people aren't lawyers. You know, business people aren't lawyers. You know, a lawyer is a lawyer. So do you have a policy that you review it and pass it off to the attorney in an ideal world? That would be great. If I could sit down with the attorney to go through the contract and tell them this is what I need from the technical side, translate that into legalese for me and put it in the contract or make sure that's what the contract currently says. Right. Now, there we have another story about a very difficult situation that we encountered where we were dealing with uh, deciding which two companies to go with in terms of uh, telecom uh, hosted service. But um, we got into the situation, or at least I got into the situation where some contracts have been signed already. So I was doing a lot of research uh, about what went on and to find out if I still should evaluate them both and to see what's the best solution here. Mm -hmm. And uh, where I started in this one, Greg, was I have this first meeting with one of the telecom companies that was the one that gave me the hardest time all the way through Is the this process. The, this would be the incumbent? The, uh, the, this would be the person that existingly was giving me service. So the incumbent, yes. And we had signed a contract with a new one already, but it, uh, the process was held back because there were some issues. Uh, so the incumbent uh, sends a sales representative the first week that I get, be pretty much get there. And I tell the person, hey, I've had issues with uh, your sales force, <laughs> their, their style and, and coming to us because that sales force was the same one I think that Greg mentioned before, I think. Yes, it yeah. was. Uh, and uh, I told him, I, t I was honest with him. I was transparent. I told him, this, these are my issues with them. I don't want that to taint the, um, my evaluation of the process, but I just want to tell you offhand so you understand and you check it out yourself. Let me know what happened, whatever. Um, this person was completely oblivious about uh, that particular rep because I actually mentioned the rep to him because it's in his company. So he could check it out. Uh, so he told me, yeah, but um, there were some issues with uh, management. They, they weren't talking to us. They weren't communicating with us well. And I told him, okay, I'll give you a chance. But I've heard that there were some issues internally, so I want to find that out too. And we always, and we always like to at least me interjecting here, we always like to give the company the benefit of the doubt. You know, management doesn't always aware, isn't always aware of a bad employee. Right. So what Victor did, I think, is completely what he should have done was bring it up so they're aware of the situation. And it, what I would have thought would have happened is he, would, he should have gotten a call back from someone higher up, getting more details to figure out what can we do better to fix this problem right. and make and, sure it doesn't happen in the future. Well, and what I was trying to find out there, Greg, is that is this your MO or was this a, a bad salesperson? Yeah. Which happens. I mean, if you have a hundred salespeople out in the field, there's probably going to be a few crooked ones. I mean, yeah. but even that's I mean? not even sales; just technicians, anything. You know, right. you can't. You, people always put their best foot forward when you're interviewing, but in the actual work, you know, you you have to let people know. I mean, you don't just judge a big company because you had a bad experience with one person. Right. Right. Exactly. So, but that was my purpose in saying that, and not to embarrass the guy or anything like that. But whatever. I, I think that was cool. That meeting was all right. Um, I looked at the contracts that we had with the new company that we were going to, and the solution looked right, very redundant, uh, good technology. The only thing that I didn't like is that it's my system 
and I, you know, the other, the incumbent is a hosted one, so they take care of everything. But at the same time, it was also my lines, uh, a company that provided the lines. It's actually their lines. They weren't trying to, you know, rent them from Verizon and they took over them, which means a big deal in, in, in when it comes to fixing stuff, as you know, Greg. Oh, right? de- definitely. You want, I mean, again, it's where the buck stops. I mean, I don't want to call someone to have them call someone else to fix something. Right. I'd rather them be able to fix it. So it's, again, you know, it should be more rapid response versus, you know, well, the upstream provider is working on it. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. Right, right. So at that point, I, uh, I, I present the information to my boss, who's the owner of the company, and I tell him, this is what's going on. Uh, this is not as simple. Let me dig into this a little bit more. And what I found the next couple of weeks was that we had signed a contract with the new people. We had lines installed, expedited, Greg. So you know that that costs extra, too. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't really... Expediting stuff doesn't really mean anything nowadays. Right, right. There's so, no guarantee on it. Right, exactly. There's no guarantee, but you still pay, the guarantee is that you pay more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're guaranteed to pay more. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So then what I, what I did was, okay, it's going to cost us this much. I calculated how much it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us around this much uh, to get out of this contract. This is a good solution. And, you know, people keep saying that they have problems with the current provider. And I, I think part of it was our fault and part of it was their fault. But, you know, they should have done a better job in addressing and communicating. So I said, there's no reason right now that I should back out of the new deal. So I, I give the courtesy to the salesperson of the incumbent to come in again and talk to me in person. Because I like them to see my demeanor, what I'm about, to make sure, again, even though I don't owe them anything, I want to deal with people with transparency as much as I can without uh, divulging confidential information from the company. Because in the end, I might see that guy five years down the road and he or she, if it was, if it was a she, going to say, you know, I didn't get this contract with you, but you were straight with me. And that's more important to me than really anything else. Because in the end, I have to live with myself, right? Yeah. Uh, so I brought him in and I told him, this is what's going on, man. This is the deal that we have with them. I know you think that your system is like the bomb, much better, but... I don't think so. I think they're pretty much even, except for the fact that I would maybe lean a little bit more towards yours because it's not my system. But that's it. Everything else, the other one is better. And I already have contracts signed. And we're on, you know, we're on a month-to-month with you right now. So uh, there's no, you know, necessary. I don't need to put up money to get out of your contract. We're on a month-to-month. I just have to pay you month-by-month. He tells me, what if we offered to... uh, pay some of the uh, some of the money that you would need to pay if you got out of the other contract and he presented me a proposal for 40 percent less a month than what i was paying for a newer system and the same amount of stations with them this is the incumbent so at that point you know i uh, i'm well, a little wary about that I, I think some people might have thought oh wow i'm gonna save the company 40 percent if you're thinking that you're wrong I was well, you, looking at it as like, you overcharge me. Exactly. If they're cutting their prices 40% on a whim like that, you know they're still making a margin. They were making a killing. And again, I'm not against companies making money. That's what they're there for. But to drop it down 40%, that Wait, is really? such Who a significant cut. Yeah, who I can mean, do this? Victor and I have provided services to people in the past. If we cut our, profit, or our margin by 40%, we would be into owing them money. Well, I mean, I, there, there's several ways that you can cut down monthly prices. What we used to do for managed services is say, okay, you want it to be less? Cut service. You get less services. Or you commit to more time. That's different because I am getting something back. 
I'm, yes. I'm getting but sure even then, money. We never would have done forty percent, Victor. Yeah, forty percent. That's such is a, insane. That, that's ridiculous. So, but because I'm answering to somebody else and I wasn't in on the initial initial deal, I looked at it as well. This is a financial impact. I'm gonna have to present this. I'm gonna have to. So I told the guy, okay, based on what you're telling me, if you could really do this, I'm gonna put you in, you know, to compete. And what I did was talk to the new provider and told them, okay, guys, this is what's going on. Without details about what the other guy said, I told them, I need all the paperwork from your contracts and everything that you have on me, if I, in ter- on the company, if we needed to get out. How much would we have to pay you? I got that that same day. Listen to our next episode of I Wish I Knew How to Quit You too, for the exciting conclusion to our story. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can check us out on iTunes under Prometheus Layer 8. Please be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also follow us on Twitter at PC Layer 8 Podcast. That's the number eight. Make sure to tune in next Tuesday for an exciting new episode.